Going once, going twice, sold. You're listening to The Property Pod, an accessible and easy way to get into or help understand the goings-on of the property market. Join Aaron, John and Pat as they discuss all things real estate, most likely get sidetracked and then try and rein it all back in as they present The Property Pod. All right, welcome back to The Property Pod. Thanks for joining us for another week. It's been uh, a good week in real estate and in uh, the lives of the boys. How are we, team? I am feeling fantastic. You're looking sharp. You're not in a fur coat, but you do look sharp. Well, try my hardest. I'm not to John standards because he's in that tweed jacket like always, <laughs> and man, he looks smicko. He, he actually is the best looking of the group, isn't he? <laughs> That's why we're doing a radio show these days and no longer doing our video shows. (laughs) I'll take it. John, I've had some cracking feedback from your episode last week. Really? I've had people reach out from all around the world. Had another friend of ours, we keep bringing up friends, but friends are listening. Yeah, um, yeah, he loved what you had put in and, and all the research you did. He said, I can't wait to see – well, he said, I'm enjoying the rise of John McGregor, but I can't wait to see the fall that, <laughs> that you guys are talking about. Well, well, mind you, if, if did you guys ever watch that uh, Pumping Iron with Arnold Schwarzenegger in it? So one of my favourite scenes in that show is there's him and a bunch of dudes just, you know, laying out, getting a tan on, and this one guy saying to Arnie, because he's returning for the number six Mr. Universe, yep. and the guy's like, oh, look, you know, he's talking about Arnie's been at the top of his game, and he says, oh, look, well, you know, obviously you got the young wolf and I think there's only those that are underneath they're hungrier and there's, there's only one way to go when you're at the top Arnie and he says or I could just stay at the top <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's you John so you're just that's staying the at the top <laughs> <laughs> well talking about pumping iron you said you're hitting the gym is that still happening next went, day went this morning oh went look this morning. this is a different John I'm not I know that's you. why we need to Strike while the iron's hot. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do admit, last week I was probably not as chatty as what I have been in previous episodes. Yeah, it's true. Um, John was on point and I listened back to it over the weekend and I have to say it was a really good episode. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. there was a, some good banter there, some good laughing and I was quiet so it was different <laughs> not listening to my own voice for a change. It's actually good. So we ran out of time. John yeah. was on top of his game and he brought heaps of stuff to us. So we actually are going to do a follow-up today. Yeah, mm. so towards the end of the last week's episode, John, you spoke about a few different types of agents. Yeah, so in uh, in Australia, people only think of a seller's agent, but globally, it's more common that you've actually got both buyers and seller's agents. So you have someone representing you in your purchase. And then there's other types too, relocation agents whose whole job is to um, source, you know, you're living in France and you need to move to Australia. Their whole job is to make that connection happen. I've seen a few of those TV shows where they do the sea changeover on Foxtel and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I think there was someone that reached out to you, Pat. Yeah, Uh, so quite amazingly. And perfect timing. So what's been really good about this show is that in addition to so many friends obviously getting in touch with us, we've actually got real life people that are benefiting from the show. Mm. And somebody that actually reached out this week was a guy by the name of Simon. Uh, he's a researcher for a company that specializes in, I guess, um, finding properties for people. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. More from a buyer's agent perspective. And we're actually lucky enough to have him on the show today as a guest hookup via the phone. So mm. it's just going to be a good little chat about everything property so it's like a sequel i was talking about spin-offs and sequels so here we go you're talking about that thread of yarn in last week's episode john and here we are doing an episode two basically so cool what do you reckon do we cut to a break and go get simon you know let's do it all All right. right we'll be right back 414 real estate has been operating within the northern suburbs of hobart since 2006 with their innovative approach to marketing and managing your property, they have all your property needs covered. Find out more by visiting them today at 414.com.au. 
Alrighty, guys, we're back in now, and uh, thanks for being here with us. We've uh, got a special guest today. I'm pretty excited about this one. I've been mm. a guy from Propertyology. His name's Simon Priestley, and he's uh, he's with us on the phone today. G'day, Simon. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Thanks for having us on. Not a problem, mate. Uh, thanks for reaching out to us and, and being available for us this morning. You've got a great great podcast, and uh, I must admit, I'm, I'm jealous. I think um, Tasmania is a special part of uh, not not just, not just Australia, but a part of the world. And for you guys to live there, I'm, I'm very jealous. <laughs> we definitely like it, but we're starting to worry too many people finding out about it because our market's been pretty crazy <laughs> the last couple of years. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, my fiftieth year on the planet, and I'd never been to Tasmania until 2013. But I think since then, myself and my family, we've probably been back. These might be eight, nine times, and not just to Hobart, but all parts of your beautiful state. Yeah, I think that's the beauty of Tassie. People start in Hobart and then they jump in a car and they seem to find that all these other little bits and pieces around the state which are really fantastic as well. Yeah, hidden gems yeah. everywhere. Well, that certainly happened in my family. They started all in Western Australia and New South Wales and everyone immigrated to Tassie bar one. Oh, there so, you go. Yep. Well, mate, you've, uh, you said you're 50 years on this uh, big rock. Uh, can you tell us a bit about yourself other than the uh, the age you've got there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I've got a commercial finance background, so sort of straight from high school into a banking career. And after 10 years, I've learned the ropes there. That was my, my own business, so that's probably going on 22 years ago. But yeah. but originally, the um, the business was established on that, you know, offering a finance broking to, to the general public, always loved helping people. But as the business has evolved, sort of recognised that what the consumers always missed was someone helping them making the asset decision. My role was always to help them make good lending decisions and get the finance structures right. But yeah. I've always been an avid property person myself and there really you know, wasn't anything out there to help someone make really good asset decisions and so that's how Propertyology started out. You know, what we do, I guess to use an analogy, um, think of what a share investor might do. They'd go to a stockbroker who studies economics and, and things that affect the values of companies on the stock exchange and they help a share investor acquire the right stocks. Well, what Propertyology does is we study economics as well from a property perspective. And so the everyday Aussie who's looking to invest in Australian real estate, they'll reach out to, to our company. We'll provide them professional guidance into which which part of the country we feel that they should do investing. Mm-hmm. And then our buyer's agents help them find the right asset in that chosen location. And Tasmania is uh, We've been very active in since 2014. This might sound like a silly question coming from a property podcast, but I'm the guy who is the outsider who needs to learn everything. Could you just explain to me the idea of a buyer's agent? I was discussing this with someone the other day and I had no idea what they were talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a great question and I think a lot of Australians wouldn't uh, wouldn't know how to answer that. A buyer's agent, I think it's the reverse of um, sales agent, property people, whether you're selling or buying, we hear that term real estate agent. We just assume, and you know, I'd never heard of a buyer's agent myself until probably 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we just think, well, they're, they're those great local people that are in every neighbourhood in Australia that help us do that. But the sales agent is actually the one who's engaged by the owner of a property to yep. market and sell the features and benefits of that property. And part of their acting in the client's best interest, their client is the owner of the property, is to promote it and to get the highest price. The buyer's agent is similarly contracted by a buyer. So there's a, there's a contractual arrangement there. They don't have any vested interest in any particular property. They're not promoting any particular property. And their role is to help that buyer find the right property for them and a paid, a, you know, an agreed fee. Um, to do that and part of um, their service delivery is to negotiate the lowest price so where property is different I guess to the generic buyer's agent is the market research 
piece. So we're, we only work with investors. We don't get involved with the family homes, um, for example. Gotcha. So your dedicated client in your instance is someone who's looking specifically to invest in real estate. It's not, look, you know, I'm trying to relocate my family. And also too then, you said you're not limited to any specific state either. Is that right? That's exactly right. Yep. So yeah, our clients are literally all over, well, not just all over Australia, but some are in different, different countries completely. So they would reach out to us for our ex our expertise, knowing that all day, every day, we are analysing the fundamentals of locations all over Australia, which obviously includes Tasmania, and then we you know, go through a structured process to help find the right property in whichever market we're looking for. But we don't sell property, we don't, we don't auction properties, we don't have a list of properties for sale or anything. We're professional decision makers in the, in the real estate space. So you, I guess um, when you're working with clients, it's more an analytical-based decision when you're helping a potential buyer purchase a property. It's yeah, that's, that's, that's up that's, from a number perspective. A lot of that is, is numbers based, and you certainly, you know, if you're looking to buy property for investment purposes, the biggest thing that gets in the way of making a really good decision, whether people are honest or not, is emotions. Property is a very emotive transaction, a very expensive transaction, and emotions are very important if you're looking to buy real estate to live in. I'd argue it's the most important thing, and you need to be happy where you're living. But if you're looking to invest, your emotions are irrelevant because you're not going to be living in it, and everyone else's emotions are going to be different to yours. So it's really important we keep all that in check. And it's, you know, we're very, myself especially, I'm a very pragmatic, practical person. Numbers are a big part of making a good decision. But a lot of property numbers are sort of a reflection of the past, something that happened last week or last year. The most valuable information are things that have an influence on future market trends. And that's not always in numbers. Well, one of the, I know from, as a seller's agent, the client's going to be looking at, oh, why should I pay you a fee in order just to sell my house? How is that different when a buyer's agent's defending their services and expecting a client to pay them commission on that basis? Yeah, I guess, you know, both the, the sales agent and the buyer's agent offer, you know, great value to their client. And if they can't convince, you know, their client that there's, that there's value, well, they obviously won't appoint their services. But, you know, the same way a seller could sell their own home, not many would. I certainly wouldn't because it's a, a really, really valuable asset. And to do something once in your life compared to someone who's doing that all day, every day, I mean, you know, I'd be kidding myself to think that, that I could do that better than a trained professional. Mm. And there's similar value for someone who's engaging a buyer's agent. You know, the biggest decision is made at the front end, not, not when you're selling it. So to engage someone who's representing you, you know, that's going to, help you work out which part of the country should I focus my search on. Imagine if you um, if you made that decision, say, 10 years ago and, and you, you lived in Darwin. You know, you bought an investment property in Darwin. Well, you probably lost 30%. Imagine if you lived in Sydney two years ago and you thought, I want to buy an investment property, but I live here, so this is where I've got to invest. Well, standard house in Sydney has dropped $225,000 over the last two years. So that's a big part of the value is getting the expertise for the initial location decision and then helping you remove all the emotion for the individual asset selection process. You had a great podcast. I listened to a couple of weeks ago. A lovely young fellow, I forget his name, sorry, but a local. Blake, yeah, I was going to bring Blake. that up actually. Blake. Yeah. Blake, Blake kind of mirrored what um, you're saying in a way. And what a wonderful young man that a lot of people can learn from. But one of the things that Blake said himself, and not the exact words, but you don't know what you don't know. And I, I remember listening to years pricked up and he sort of said, second property around, you know, there's a lot of lessons I learned from the first one. You know, Blake won't know this. There's a lot of things he, he still doesn't know, but they can be really expensive things to learn. So if you're engaging a professional, they won't make the mistakes that someone who hasn't done it before, you know, uh, could, could easily make. But what do you think would be one of the biggest common, or just even a couple of common traps that people are not aware of that you normally have to coach them through? 
Well, again, our market, the investment market, the number one thing is where you live should have absolutely nothing to do with where you invest. Yeah, absolutely nothing good. to do with it. Um, you know, have a think about it. If you were, again, if you're a different asset class, if you're a share investor, just because you work for, say, Commonwealth Bank, it doesn't mean the best stock is going to be Commonwealth Bank. In fact, it might not even be financial services. So that's the number one thing, you know, is it, it is a relevant where you live. It's a big country. Australia is made up of eight capital cities, but there's also 178 non-capital cities that have a population of 10,000 or more. So you've got a lot of choices of investors, and that's, you know, to start, well, which town city should I start my search in? I guess a lot of people have that nerve, though, of buying a property out of the area. They get this in their head that they have to be able to check on it, you know, drive past it, make sure it's looking okay. So is that a challenge, working with people to convince them that they should look further abroad? not a challenge to convince them. I guess the biggest challenge is whether the person themselves can actually be conscious of that in the first place. And you've got, you lose nothing by just reaching out to a professional and asking yeah. some questions and having an open mind and then see whether you're comfortable engaging them or not. That's the key thing is just have an open mind. If you're uncomfortable about anything in life, you know, frankly, you shouldn't go ahead. But it definitely it requires a bit of a psychological adjustment to overcome that. You know, geez, how do I buy a property that isn't where I live and all that sort of stuff? But if you can't overcome that you give yourself zero chance of making the best decision and i think that's what our podcast i guess has tried to be from day one is to help people understand that you do need a bit of a team i guess Mm. when making decisions and it could be from an investment perspective you need one team from a first-time buyer perspective you might need a different team of professionals to help you through the process that's what i guess we're trying to achieve by interviewing different people people like yourself but one of the things you mentioned a little bit earlier that really caught my attention is uh, not so much looking back at the past from a sales perspective and you specialize as well to a degree looking at what potentially is coming in to the future. So the reason obviously we're talking to you today is that you recently put out a blog that had your opinion and thoughts on what's happening moving forward for Hobart over the next sort of six to 12 months. Yeah, definitely. Look, um, no one can tell anyone, including propertyology, when a market's going to start doing something or stop doing something because if that was possible, the world would be full of crystal balls (laughs) and and billionaires. But as professionals, we've learned from Australian property market history some, you know, a whole bunch of things that I guess leading indicators you know it's got to be close that Hobart's growth cycle must be close to the end because it has been such a strong run I mean Greater Hobart's made up of seven city councils and and four of those have had in excess of 40 percent growth in its median house price over the last last five years and in fact two of them are Glen Orkey and Hobart City have seen around about 55 percent price growth over five years mm. there isn't anywhere in Australia that has beaten that over mm. that same five years um so logic would suggest that it's got to be close to the end and no one could complain if it was now. But the things that we look at to sort of see, you know, is that upon us, suggest that there's probably a second wind. And I'll summarise a few things while we feel that way. Yep. Um, Hobart's vacancy rate is not only the lowest of all capital cities right now, it's the lowest that any Australian capital city has ever been in the history of vacancy. So just, that, uh, that, just so that people understand, vacancy rate is, from a rental perspective, how long a property is empty for? Correct. And, but that also affects the sales side of things as well. So whilst it's a reflection of rental demand, it, it also has a direct impact on property prices. The other thing on the supply side of things is building approval volume. So that's a leading indicator to what the developers are, are working on now that lead to supply in the future. Now, in Hobart, that trend has been increasing, as you would expect, given what the market's done. But the numbers in the building approval pipeline are insufficient in regards to 
tips and things on the demand side of things. So it's all well and good for a, a local developer to say, I'm going to build a, a small block of units or a new housing estate or whatever. You can agree to do that, but it doesn't just happen overnight. There's, there's typically a two-year gestation period from time of approval through to time of completion. So mm. supply is likely to remain tight for the foreseeable future. On the demand side of things, in spite of the growth that Hobart's had, it's still affordable in relative terms. It's the only capital city in Australia where you could still buy a three-bedroom house for under $450,000 within six kilometres of Hobart CBD. Mm. It's, it's the only capital city that can that, still do that. There's 39 other towns and cities in Australia that have a more expensive median house price than Hobart. So it's still relatively affordable in spite of its growth. The economy is doing a, a lot better than what a lot, most people on the mainland appreciate. The biggest leading indicator for Hobart there is the increase in job advertisements. So that's future jobs you know, for your city. That's 27% increase in job vacancies in, in Hobart over the last 12 months. The next biggest capital city, your next best performed capital city is less than 4%. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, that's interesting. Yes. So the economy is, is really why Hobart property market has performed well over the last five years is because the, the local economy has improved significantly from the old days of the recession to mm-hmm. being one of the strongest economies in the country. But we see that continuing to be strong for, for quite some time. And why ever there's strong employment is an indicator that people are relocating to Hobart or working in the area. So that's a, a strong sign for investors to consider the area. Is that how you see it? Yeah. The economic stuff is the most valuable information to propertyology about any location. But yes, the economic conditions has a direct impact on housing demand. So whether it's in the, you know, um, the ability to attract new people to relocate to a city for those job opportunities, or more importantly, it's the local residents that are already there. When you've got strong economic conditions, you've got strong local confidence. And whether we're a first home buyer, an investor, or someone trying to upgrade or downsize our existing dwelling, it's still a property is still an expensive asset, and it mm-hmm. often involves debt. And we need to be in a positive mindset to do that. So, you know, that's where the direct link to economic conditions is really important you know the, the buyer sentiment is important to that uh, Tasmania also is second in Australia for wage growth you know it's become a, a national you know very topical uh, subject over the last few years but Tasmania is second in Australia you know for, for wage growth so economic conditions is very very important and, and we get that continuing in your great city for as far forward as we can anticipate. Well if we could bring it to then a Imagine for a moment, Pat, Aaron and I are all looking to engage your services in that sense, but all of us have different, we're all at different stages of our investment portfolio. I'm looking to purchase my first one. Pat's got 10 and Aaron's got 100. Do, do you? Yes, do you... I do, baby. Let's put on those cats again, boys. But, Get out your goblets, boys. Yeah. <laughs> So with, you know, and um, is that advice and, you know, I'm not going to say push Tassie, but obviously this is where our podcast is. Is the advice you're going to give to each of us going to be different because of our buying capacity is vastly different as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, a lot of our philosophies are, you know, I would imagine would be much the same as what the stockbroker would be doing for the mm-hmm. share investor. As an investor, you've got to get the right balance. No one's got a crystal ball, but analysts, the number one role of an analyst is to anticipate future, to look for the opportunities, but you've got to get the balance right between the best opportunities and 
the existing investments that you might already have. And, and, and key to that is diversification. So I'd argue if you've already, no matter where you're living in Australia, if you've got a family home, wherever it is, already there's a reason to consider having an open mind to other locations because something could happen that has an adverse impact on the property market that you live in in years to come. And if you've got the family home there and, and that one investment property or a couple of investment properties, your whole future is at risk there. So we definitely um, look for location diversity. That's not different suburbs. That's completely different towns and cities and also completely different states. They'll have different economic conditions, the different tax considerations, land taxes, um, you know, uh, for example. A state government could be on the nose for a prolonged period of time and that can have an adverse impact on property markets right across that state. Tassie's been through that in the past. New South Wales has been through that in the past. Queensland's going through that right now. So that can happen uh, anywhere at any time. Speaking of uh, crystal balls in Queensland, did you predict the uh, Brisbane Lions win on the weekend, Simon? Uh, what a great question. Now you're talking passion. <laughs> I did a little bit of research and I saw you're an avid uh, Lions man, so I wanted to bring, bring it in there somehow. You, you call it research, I call it stalking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm as, I'm as passionate as they come, Brian Fell, and the kick the Brisbane Lions hammer. And I'd like to think I kept the emotions in check, although it's bloody hard to do when it comes to AFL footy. Um, yeah. I did actually pick us. Um, <laughs> I, I, would, <laughs> I wouldn't have done that a month ago. I would have just been looking to see a competitive effort, but there's a steely resolve about uh, the Brisbane Lions at the moment. They're, they're, they are literally focusing on improving and a game at a time, and they've, they've got no limits as to no, you know, what they sharp. think they can achieve. Good Tasmanian coach up there as well. I think that might be a, a helpful factor. <laughs> Yeah, Chris Fagan is a he's a Launceston boy, I believe, isn't he? He is. He actually he was an old teacher at our he school. He actually taught at our school, and yeah, right. we're we're connected to the Brisbane Lions that way. <laughs> so you'd be able to relate to um, the uh, I guess his strength in relationship building that his players always talk about. That's it. That's it. He's uh, he's a good bloke. Well, like with the let's let's uh, let's take away with strength of relationship. Have you got an average uh, client? To, you know, time you've been working with them is it you know one year, five years, ten years? Do you find they leave your services for a time and then come back, Simon, or or does their property holdings change depending upon the cycle in a particular market? It's important to us to you know once once we earn a client's trust and confidence is to maintain that for their entire you know working life. Property being expensive though, it's not something that people transact in in every day. But certainly you know each and every time a client can afford can afford to buy a property again, you know that's part of our our offering is that the locations that we're going to be investing in is they're always going to change from year to year. That they'll they'll come back and and, and reconnect, knowing that we'll always sort of have the finger on the pulse and and look get them into the, into the next market. But I mean, our clients can be. You know, someone, the first-time property buyer in their mid-20s, it's, it's rare but, you know, refreshing when someone so young is so motivated and wanting to do that. But mm. they can also be someone who might might have already bought several properties before and have learnt the value in engaging expertise. i got one, Simon. So coming back to, obviously, you've built rapport and you've got a client that's looking to buy the next home. I guess bringing yep. it back to this Hobart marketplace, which is where we are, and with this new report you've brought out, is there a particular suburb that you would recommend over another, for instance, if you were looking to buy in the Hobart marketplace at the moment? Um, yeah, first thing I'd say for that is um, bringing it back to earlier. Hobart, I think it's still got a good future, but it has had a strong run. So mm. whether you live in Hobart or anywhere else, if you're looking to invest today, I'd 
suggest there's good reasons to look beyond Tassie. But that said, you know, parts of the Glenorchy and Clarence and Kingborough City Councils, you know, that's where we focused our attention on. We, we were buying in Hobart in 2014 or 2016, and it was within those sort of three municipalities. But to us, they offer a, a combination of they're still affordable, not as expensive as Hobart City. Uh-huh. But if you get too far out, we've, we've actually got some concerns with the City Council of Brighton in future years. There's just not enough jobs out there, and I don't think there's ever going to be or as far forward as we anticipate. But there's also, we see a lot of supply that's going to hit that segment of the market. So the better locations and the strategy, I guess, we follow right right around Australia is, is finding the sweet spot between locations that offer affordability, not going to get smashed with either high-rise or land releases in future years, and are in close proximity to key employment nodes. So that's, that's why we sort of focused on those three locations. Yeah, cool. I'm guessing then there's some core fundamentals that you're looking and you've got your finger on right across Australia. And I suppose, and that's the benefit of engaging a service like yours, is that use that analogy of the stock market before where, you know, often, I suppose, was it like 70 or 80% of investors, are, say, your typical, your mum and dad, they'll own one property, but they're going to buy it within five kilometres of their own home rather than almost like, you know, you wouldn't invest in the business right next to your house either as a general rule. So it's really about they can find you and you can put them in touch with those markets right across Australia in order to, like you said, diversify that portfolio to mitigate any potential risks in your um, financial future down the track. Yeah, and it starts with, we see every town and city in Australia, we give what we call an economic profile. So to us, that we've identified the two or three main industries that are important to that city's economy. And then we need to be confident that the outlook economic conditions in a chosen town or city is for an improving trend and that, that improvement in economic conditions is what lifts the property market. You know, if you go back, think of think of your home city and the economic conditions for several years leading up to 2014, they weren't particularly good and been that way for a long period of time. But as the economy improved, that's when buyer confidence improved, that's when jobs, you know, started to pick up, that's when you you would have had more people bidding at your open homes. Um, you know, uh, that's when those with money are looking to, I'm not talking about mum and dad investors, but the mm. private sector investors, that, you know, those who build hotels, that promote tourism opportunities and you know, that infrastructure projects, but it all starts with that initial economic outlook. So the biggest question then, Simon, is when are you moving you and your family down to Tasmania? Um, that's not as silly as it sounds. <laughs> We've we decided to have a, a <laughs> loss. Um, and then it's, it's the question of, you know, if, if we did, is it, is it Launceston or Hobart? Because we've had, you know, several trips to both and, and see the beauty in both. I also think, you know, Bernie is probably as arguably Australia's most underrated real estate. You know, there's a, it's, it's a great, it's a small city, but it's a great city and a beautiful part of the world as well. So, look, we've got a 12-year-old son, and so I guess the only thing that sort of stopped us relocating to your great state is not one to destabilise him sort of, you know, um, at that fragile stage of, of his life. All right, we'll, uh, we'll get him involved in a good footy team, mate. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get Chris Fagan back down here yeah, for the yeah. Tassie <laughs> AFL side and, and you can move down and uh, support the Tassie Devils or whatever we'll be called. <laughs> Doesn't take much to sell, sell that story to me, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. Well, we might wrap it up there. We uh, Thank you so much for your time. I guess the key takeaway from that that I got was look outside your broader area and, and think big with where you might be able to invest and, yeah, look into propiology to help you out with that if you're interested. I mm. guess for me, 
the biggest key takeaway I took is talk to, I guess, people that understand the market and understand what you're trying to achieve. So just don't try to do it alone. Seek out professionals to help you out with all your different needs. Yeah, and the other one I saw too is a guy asked me today what I thought of the market. But like I said, I, I said my opinion always gets referred to people much smarter than me. Um, and in this case, yeah, I'd, same, same goes for right about now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we thank you so much for taking the time to have a chat to us today, Simon. It's um, been a pleasure talking to you about the Hobart market and a buyer's agent role in general. Really appreciate your time. I've enjoyed the opportunity, guys, and you know, congratulations to all of you on a, on a great podcast. Was that um, story in the, in the Mercury that I that I read? That's that, that's um, what drew my attention to it, and uh, I think I've listened to every episode. And uh, you're doing a, a great job. Keep up the good work. Well, thank awesome. you very much. And Thanks, hopefully, mate. we can get you back on again one day in the future. I'd love to anytime. <laughs> Sounds good, mate. Thank you. All Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Cheers. As a family-run business, First National Real Estate McGregor understands that the property market can be stressful. However, with a strong team in both sales and rentals, we are here to guide you through the property maze. Find out more today at McGregorFM.com. Yeah. He was a good bloke. Shame about his footy team, but we're not all perfect, I guess. <laughs> hey, mate, like I said, he's uh, Chris Fagan. He's a Tassie boy and we know him, so let's, it's let's unreal, claim it. It's eh? yeah, yeah. Oh, isn't it such a small world? It's yeah. Not that he knows Chris no. personally, but, <laughs> but we do. <laughs> but I, I actually, it was really cool getting that perspective from um, his side of the industry because I guess he was a buyer's agent specific for, you know, investors. Yeah, I was over in Melbourne just recently chatting with some friends and they're mentioning, oh, we're a buyer's agent. And I'm just like, I've got no, like, that's what I asked him about. Yeah, said, yeah. I've got no yeah. idea what that is and um, I was like oh, I'm on a property podcast I should know what that is <laughs> but I'm kind of glad that when he said oh no that's a good question everybody knows it I was like yes yeah. Or yeah. everyone doesn't know it. He was being polite. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate his politeness. He was nice to me and I, and I liked that. <laughs> no, it was really good having him on the show. I think he gave a good insight not only to what a buyer's agent does but mm. a little bit more info about the Hobart market as well, yeah. which is great. Yeah. yeah. No, it was good. So um, just uh, for for Simon's purposes, if you want to find him online, he's on Twitter, at Simon Presley, uh, P-R-E-S-S-L-E-Y. Uh, you can find them at propertyology.com.au. And um, I highly recommend if you are getting into investing that probably sign up to his newsletter because I've just recently done it and the content that they create is fantastic. It's really knowledgeable. Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, sweet. Well, yeah, as we always say, uh, like, share and subscribe. Get us out there so that it's not just our family and friends listening but people like <laughs> Simon and other people in the industry who uh, who obviously are listening out there. We we have, as you said, the Mercury. Well, we shouldn't bring it up but we keep doing it. <laughs> hey, Simon brought it up this yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, well, that's it. And look, we are open to anybody that wants to have a chat with us on the show mm-hmm. as well. So reach out to us. Yeah. We can build a show around what your knowledge is and what your expertise are and it's really just fun having people on the show. I was listening to a podcast the other day of three friends similar to us who all they discuss is the mighty ducks dead set so do you reckon we could get them on the show and we could probably have nothing to do with property but geez it'd be fun i'm so impressed that they could make a podcast around the mighty ducks you should see how many episodes there are they're they're probably up to episode 200 or something like that and they just analyze the smallest little things (laughs) and and just talk rubbish like us but I'll link it in the show notes, guys. Hey man, gotta, you got to have a passion. You really like that extra bonus, nothing to do with real estate show note feature. <laughs> That's my area of expertise. <laughs> <laughs> nothing to do with real estate. Every week we get a little bonus. Yeah, just a little bonus. <laughs> Aaron's bonus. Well, I think another bonus is John brought up Arnie before. Oh, and yeah, I, as, yeah. As we were interviewing, I got sidetracked and I was like, I think there's a photo of John. You met Arnie, didn't you? I did. Yeah, yeah. I did. I yeah. would like to put that on our socials. All right, done. I'll, I'll dig it out. And if we can find that, 
that um, clip from Pumping uh, Iron. Yeah, let's Show post notes. that there as well. Yeah. Right. St- stay at the top, people. Stay at the top. <laughs> All right, guys. Giving us the wrap up. I am because we are starting to tick over a little bit. It's been fun, guys, but we need to close this up. <laughs> All right. Oh, thanks again for listening. All right. See you guys. See you. And now for a legal disclaimer. You have been listening to The Property Pod, produced and edited by 414 Media House in conjunction with 414 Real Estate and McGregor First National Propriety Limited. This podcast is general information only and the thoughts and views expressed is the opinion of our panel and listeners should always seek then use their own investigation into any topic we discuss to ensure they fully understand their own situation. It does not constitute and should not be relied on as purchasing, selling, financial or investment advice or recommendations expressed or implied and it should not be used as an invitation to take up any agent or investment services. No investment decision or activity should be undertaken on the basis of this information without first seeking qualified and professional advice.